on Friday morning, um, I was in the kitchen and Emmeline gave me two options. I could either wash the dishes or I could walk the dog. She wasn't bothered which. So I was walking back from East Maskells towards the village with the Labrador, Bracken, um, having foregone that other choice I could have had. And uh, we, were, we were sort of getting towards the end of the walk and there was a gent heading the other way with his dog. And like me, he was without a coat, even though the sky was a little grey. And I looked up and asked him whether he thought he would get round dry, to which he laughed and said, well, everything else has gone wrong. And a minute or so later, the heavy rain was falling from the sky and bouncing back up from the ground. I wonder if everything else had truly gone wrong that day for him, or whether he was merely reflecting on the general election. Whether a Labour or Conservative supporter, he might have been disappointed. He might have thought there was a lack of direction. He might have pondered what the future held. I've not known an election like it. Losers seem to be winners, and winners seem to be losers. Compared to... When I was a young man, 25 years ago, May has got a higher percentage of the vote than Major got. And Corbyn has won fewer seats than Neil Kinnock. He resigned four days later. But I doubt the leader of the Labour Party will be resigning tomorrow morning. We interpret events by comparing them with other things. We look at the weather and compare it to the previous day. Or maybe even what it was like an hour ago. We look at a political decision and compare that to how we expected that poll to go. As we look at our passage today, we see Daniel and Belshazzar. And it is clear that these are two completely different characters. One who trusts in God and another who doesn't. One who has a future and one who hasn't. One 
whose name means Bell protects the king. And one who knows that not to be true. But at the start of the passage, we need to think not just of Daniel and Belshazzar, but Belshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar. Men from the same line, men from the same family, men from the same kingdom, men in the same role, but who respond completely differently to their circumstances, to how they react when they hear a message from God. Men who use their knowledge and men who don't. The term father in the passage might not mean a direct relationship. Belshazzar Belshazzar might not be the immediate son of Nebuchadnezzar. But it shows that there has been a passing on of the royal baton. That scepter has been handed down to someone new. No longer is it the man who invaded Judah, who sacked the Jerusalem temple and took those artifacts of silver and gold back to his homeland. In the first week when we started looking at Daniel, when we saw something from Daniel 1, we see that the ceremonial artifacts that were looted were not just treated as silver and gold, as rewards from the battlefield. They're not put into common use. But they are taken to the treasure house of the temple of the false god. He doesn't think, oh, I'll just use these. He treats them carefully and with respect. Nebuchadnezzar puts them away, treating them as the ordained sacramental items of God, set aside from ordinary use for holy use. He was a king that at the time did not know God. He did come to know God later. But he knew that there was some God Someone that even he, a king, should bow before. This is not true of his successor, who only thinks of himself and of his power. In our passage, the order to bring the goblets was given after... The drinking of some wine. A little bit of celebrating. A little bit of knowing, well, this is all right, isn't it? A little bit of thinking of self. The Bible does not directly 
speak against alcohol. It's often part of a meal. It's ceremonial. It's conversion. Water to wine is the first miracle that we see Jesus perform in John's Gospel. At the Lord's Supper, we remember the blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. We do this in remembrance of Christ, don't we? Drinking our wine. But the Bible does point frequently to the abuse of alcohol. Way back in Genesis, when Noah comes out of the ark, he plants a vineyard. He harvests the fruit. He makes wine. He gets drunk. And his son Ham finds him lying there sleeping naked. And the response of the son leads to family breakdown. The abuse of alcohol has led to this. In Proverbs 31... It declares, it is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. And of course, we might also think of Paul's advice to the Ephesians in chapter 5. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. The Bible's teaching on alcohol consumption is clear. If we drink, and it doesn't say anything against drinking, but if we drink, we should not do it to an excess. The drunk power-crazed man, Belshazzar, has no understanding of his place as a king or of what has gone before him. He's drunk on wine and also on power. And when the writing on the wall appears, he calls for the astrologers and the wise men who under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar had been shown to be powerless, to not actually have the ability to interpret what God could reveal. It would seem the king has been poorly advised. He's not listened to the right people. He's not learned what he should have. It requires someone else, a woman. The queen, it says, possibly not the queen, as it says the wives and the concubines have been part of the revelry. But perhaps the queen mother, but certainly someone who has been outside the banqueting hall. It requires them to come in someone not under the influence of alcohol, someone who is sober, to proclaim that Dan's the man. Get him. He will explain the text. How can the king 
not know of the existence of the prophet who has been working in the government. It's because he's been too self-absorbed. He's not been aware of what he should have been aware of. Called before the king. Daniel rejects what's on offer. He's offered a reward that was offered to others too. Purple robes, golden chain, third place in the kingdom. But he says, keep your gifts. Keep your gifts. I don't want them. To say that to a king is effectively telling the king to get lost in not very polite terms. Keep your gifts. Give them to someone else. It's a great insult. The prophet is showing honour to God. He's not going to accept bribery. He's not going to soften his words. He's not going to be a political yes man that says, you're the king. This is something that's fine. He will proclaim what is right. But Daniel does not immediately turn to those words that we saw. He starts off saying why those words have been written. Starts off saying what has been going on in the kingdom. He explains that the king has failed to honour the Lord and then turns to the task of translating. And what does the king do while all this is going on? Does he drop to his knees? Does he repent? Does he tear his robes and weep with sorrow? No. He lets Daniel finish and then commands that the chain and the robe is brought and that Daniel is promoted. He has heard the word of the Lord, but he carries on as before. There has not been a difference in his attitude. And Daniel is given a reward that he does not want and did not seek. How foolish of the king. How foolish of the king. When you hear God's word, do you hear it with a sober heart and mind? Do you hear it and accept it and say, yes, that's right? Or do you carry on as before, as if nothing had been said? As if there's no consequences to the actions? The false god Bel cannot protect the king. He will die that night. As a new term of government begins, maybe or maybe not, 
all that has gone before, anything that is new wisdom from the past few days, anything that's been learned must not be forgotten. But we must pray that those in power seek the right path and put God and his power, his will, his hope at the heart of their new agenda. We must put our trust in God rather than the gods of silver and gold, of wood and stone. We might not be a king or a prime minister or a member of the government or of the opposition. But we need to consider the great hope we have in God. We need to trust in him and seek the growth of his kingdom here on earth in a sober way rather than our earthly gains. If we look up and seek him and base our decisions on the Lord, we will not be caught out. Amen.